repurposing starts in the planning stage and it shouldn't actually be an afterthought that you just create your content and then stop and think, oh, how should I repurpose this? But actually create the content with the repurposing in mind so that it repurposes like a dream. Hey friends, welcome to the Social Pros Podcast. Delighted to have you with us. I'm Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Joined as always by my special Texas friend. He's the executive strategist for Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Mr. Adam Brown. What a fantastic episode. And Amy Woods is on top of it. She is. And, you know, Jay, as we talk about on the show, she does so much for, for this show. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the marketing and promotion and cross-marketing that, that all of you see that drives you to come download our podcast each and every week comes from Amy and her organization. And I really loved how she, uh, she answered this particular question and that we need to be thinking ahead of the curve about how we're going to repurpose and, and remarket all the content. It's not just something you can do post-mortem. It's not something you can just do when the uh, film is in the can, so to speak. And her, her, uh, her approach and her strategy here was, was, was bang on. Yeah, I think every single person out there in the social media community will benefit from this particular episode with Amy Woods, founder of Content 10X. Uh, she's got a real method, like the, the, the definition of method to taking a content asset like a podcast episode and turning it into a panoply of, of other smaller snackable uh, bite-sized assets. It's really, really fascinating. She does a great job. Uh, you're going to like this episode. Also, you're going to like brand new sponsor on the show, Adam. Super pumped about this. Our friends at LinkedIn Marketing Solutions are uh, sponsoring the Social Pros podcast for a bit. Thanks very much to them. In fact, we uh, talked about LinkedIn a little bit on this episode. And so the question I have is, you know, what if you could reach the right professionals the right way? There's more than 600 million professionals on LinkedIn now. It gives you access to the world's, you know, that's a lot, right? And it gives you access to business leaders, decision makers, the people who influence those decision makers. I mean, everybody who listens to this show knows how important LinkedIn is. And as we talked about in the show, it's one of the last bastions of organic reach, but you can also be really successful with LinkedIn advertising solutions. Uh, it, it can be really interesting because it offers some targeting tools that you frankly just can't get anywhere else, right? LinkedIn gives you the opportunity to target by job title, by a bunch of other things that you just can't do in other places. And so especially for B2B, it's kind of a no brainer. We've had a ton of success with it here at Convince and Convert, even promoting this particular show. Uh, and it's so nice of the LinkedIn guys check this out. Going to give you a free $100. $100 free to Social Pros listeners. Here's what you have to do. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn advertising credit to launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com slash social pros. That's linkedin.com slash social pros. Free $100 ad credit. Terms and conditions apply, of course, but please take them up on that. They're giving us money. Uh, go to social pro or go to linkedin.com slash social pros and, uh, and make that happen, which is super cool. Also, Adam, more more new stuff on the week from social uh, from uh, Salesforce. That's your guys' new ebook. So, what does uh, customer engagement really mean for businesses today? I and mean, we talk about it here on the show all the time. And to answer that specific question, uh, the Salesforce team uh, surveyed more than eight thousand. You can't really over deliver on the uh, on the sample size. Of that the Salesforce 8, research team knows what they're doing. Geez, they just, let's just in interview everybody. Eight thousand uh, consumers and business buyers across the globe, and put together the third edition of the State of the Connected Customer Report. Man, super fascinating. All 
kinds of really interesting uh, findings about what really makes consumers move, what what makes them behave, what makes them click and share and talk. It's it's really great. If you listen to this show, you need to download this report. It won't cost you a thing. Go to bit.ly slash customers rule bit.ly slash customers rule all lowercase that's the new state of the connected customer report from salesforce marketing cloud so not just one but two brand new things for you here social pros listeners 100 bucks free from linkedin brand new dope report uh from salesforce and an incredible guest this is a barn burner here this week on the social pros podcast i hope you enjoy here comes amy woods Delighted to have on Social Pros this week, Amy Woods, who is the founder of Content 10X, also the author of a brand new book of the same name, Content 10X, and host of the Content 10X podcast. You can see a, a theme. There's a theme. Great, great at the branding. Uh, Amy and her team also do the post-production on this very podcast, the podcast that you're listening to right now, Social Pros. They make Adam and I sound better than we, uh, than we really are. And they also make all the social media graphics that you see out there about the show. We'll talk about that here today. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. We are delighted to have you here and sincere thanks to you and the whole team at Content 10X for all the work that you do here for Social Pros. I know the Social Pros uh, community appreciates it as as well. One of the things I think is so fascinating is, is you run a company that literally wouldn't have existed a short time ago, right? This whole idea of, hey, let's build a professional services firm that repurposes digital content. Uh, that's a very modern idea. Like talk a little <laughs> bit about the fact that, that this is a thing that, that you know, is truly suited to the modern age. Well, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? Social content repurposing. So we work, um, so we work with podcasters, uh, video creators, live streamers. So yeah, you wouldn't have had live streams a while ago. I mean, I guess content repurposing in a non-digital form has been around for a while, um, but we fully focus on spreading the word more digital. So um, the world of social media, uh, any, anything that we can create from a digital perspective, we create as well. So uh, yeah, it's all about spreading the message broader, wider, reaching more people, having more impact with what we have today. The company is called Content 10X. What does that refer to? Is it making 10 things or is it uh, amplifying your results by a power of 10? How did you uh, come up with that uh, phraseology and, and uh, what does it mean to the organization? Well, it's more, it's about creating more pieces of content from one piece of content. So we, when we talk about repurposing content, I very much see it as when you see, when you create content, you're communicating a message in a certain way. And what we do is look at the primary way that we created that content and that message and how we chose to communicate it. And then what are all the different ways that we can communicate the same message, the same story, the same sentiment, but in different formats and then in different locations. So the 10X is looking at like multiple formats, multiple locations, so from websites to YouTube to Facebook, LinkedIn, Medium, uh, et cetera, um, and, ten, and more people too. So multiplier of format, multiplier of location, and ultimately multiplier of people. So it's not necessarily 10, could be 100x, 1,000x. Content 1,000x, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, when I came up with the name, I guess, um, I, guess it, I didn't, you know, I just kind of, just thought it sounded good, like content 10x. So it's about content and then the multiplying factor. 
lots of people who create content either for their business or for their personal brand, they might have a podcast like this. They might have a, a blog. They might have a, a video show. I think many people now understand that that you want to use social media to amplify that core content, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And, and it's so I believe that most folks have a handle on how to kind of do it, but the difference between what, what is typically the case and I think what you and your organization are so good at is you've really turned it into a process, right? It is, mm -hmm. it is like a machine turn, you know, add episode to top of meat grinder and out the other end comes all these amazing assets that are synced up for each of the social networks and, and for what audiences in those platforms desire. Talk a little bit about the process part of it, because I think it's, it's really important because uh, when you start doing it differently every time, it, it can really be a tremendous time suck uh, and also really, really frustrating. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, most people are completely bought into the entire concept of repurposing their content. It makes so much sense to not constantly reinvent the wheel, but whilst most people are bought into it, not a lot of people do it. And most people I speak to when I tell them what we do when we talk about repurposing, they always say I should do that more often. And, and it's always a thing that people never disagree with it, but they always say, oh, I wish I did that more often. But it's usually the same people who say they don't have time to do it. Um, but then they rush off and do the next podcast episode or the next video or the next blog post and just keep spinning loads and loads of new content without actually making the most out of the content that they've already, already created. So people are bought into it, but it's more of a time thing. And I think it's the view of it's all content, whether it's repurposed content or um, the, the core, like the original content is content and it's where you put your time. And so from my perspective, the, like the processes we follow. So we tend to work with um, video live stream or pre-recorded video or podcast usually is the main sources of content that we work with. And um, as we, we've spoken about before, Jay, if you have video, you have audio as well. So that's always definitely the the best form of content repurposing but either way um it usually starts with a copywriter so the copywriter is the person in in my team and in my business who gets their hands on the content first because we always turn the video and the audio content into written content and the cons the copywriter if one person has to consume the whole thing to make lots of decisions on the best teasers, the best quotes, the best everything. It's the copywriter that has to write articles and things like that. So they're going to consume the whole content. So the copywriter starts and they will write blog posts, etc., articles, social content based off the video or the audio. And then the creative team get to work in terms of they will then create uh, teaser graphics, audiograms, um, all, all sorts of maybe infographics, the blog post images, things like that. So, so it's a process of uh, create the content, copywriter gets involved, graphics team get involved, video team get involved, and then it goes to the publishing. So then the publishing will be publishing on websites, publishing on all the social platforms, on YouTube, etc. And then the post publishing review of how did it do? Um, you know, do we need to change when we publish things? What kind of graphics work well? What kind of teasers work well? And then, like you said, go to the top of the grinder and start going, like, kind of look at the feedback and go through again. So um, it's kind of an art and a science. Like there's the, 
there's the art of being creative, being different, you know, not just, it's not copy and paste by any means. And there's the science of it's a process, you know, and it's a methodical process that we go through. Amy, it's great to have you on the show and I'll reiterate what Jay said. Thank you for everything, <clears throat> excuse me, that you do uh, on the show to, uh, to help us. I want to talk a little bit about that idea of, of repurposing. Now, now, in the film industry, they typically have this term they call shooting coverage which means when they're shooting a scene, they're going to shoot it in a couple of different ways. They're going to have some wide shots and some close-in shots, and they're going to make sure that when they get to the editing room floor, they've got enough material to actually assemble the film or the movie. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have any tips, Amy, for how we as content creators can be kind of shooting coverage to make sure that when we get to that point that you're talking about with the meat grinder, that there's enough coverage and that we're giving teams like yours or if we're doing ourselves, ourselves enough material so that we can parse that original content and effectively repurpose it. Anything that have you found that, that works and that we should be mindful of when we're actually creating the content? Well, I think, um, yeah, I love that question because I always say that repurposing starts in the planning stage and it shouldn't actually be an afterthought that you just create your content and then stop and think, oh, how should I repurpose this? But actually create the content with the repurposing in mind so that it repurposes like a dream. So I think it's things like, for example, making sure that your content is evergreen so that it can repurpose, you know, you're not saying things that are too in the moment and using terminology like today and yesterday and things like that, that um, are too time specific. So thinking about it being evergreen as well. I also think about, uh, for example, if it's video, segmenting your content so that if you're going to create short like teaser snippets and things like that. So longer form content into shorter form content, you need to think about what would that shorter form content be and how can you present it in such a way that it's going to be snackable and create bite-sized pieces of content. So a good example of this is when um, we work with people whose core content is going live. So they are live, they're live streamers and sometimes they have like a weekly live show. And I always say to them, that if we're going to repurpose this into bite-sized, more evergreen content, then um, we need to make sure that we segment the live and set, we keep live sections to, to one point and then we get into the core content where you present and you aren't um, having banter and interaction with the audience, which is not interesting for any non-live audience. <laughs> if you're not there then you, and you're not part of the party, you don't need to see any of that or be, be um, witnessing that. Um, so it's thinking about from that point of view, so segmenting. So in that instance, say hello to people, interact, then let them know that you're not going to answer any questions or refer to comments for the next 10 minutes or so because you're going to present on a core message and then you'll get to questions at the end. And then that core section in the middle, that's what's going to be the repurposable content. Um, also, though, I always say things like bloopers and things like that are okay to save as well. So um, don't get rid got plenty of, of those. Yeah, exactly. Because they, you know, that, that's funny on social, like keeping, um, keeping bloopers and things like that, but segmenting your content. So that's the presentations, keeping it evergreen, thinking about the bite-sized sections and how can you plan in advance for that. But then also things like the format. So if you're going to be creating video content that's going to also become a podcast, then you need to think more about 
more about audio quality than perhaps you usually would for some videos and then also the things that you say again the terminology that you use so it's not too visually dependent um, that you don't say look at this and things like that so it's just planning ahead um, and, and looking at different formats and things like that that can really really help make it repurpose like a dream <laughs> It's such a good point. And just, just for the reminder of Social Pros listeners, we do actually record this show on Zoom with cameras turned on. Uh, Adam and I have, have found that it makes the conversation flow a little bit better when all the participants can see one another. But also, Amy and her team at Content 10X then take the actual video file from these Social Pros podcast recordings and use the videos in some of the social media teaser graphics that they create for the show. So if you've, for whatever reason, never seen one of those graphics, uh, we absolutely record the show via video. We didn't always in the seven year history of the show. We've only been doing it for the last, what, Adam, year, year and a half? Year, year like and a half maybe? Yeah. Something like that. And I think it makes the show uh, better. Amy, one of the things that, that I, I want to emphasize that's so critical is that when we talk about repurposing content, we, we really do mean repurposing content for each of the, the social platforms or other digital platforms where it's being published. This isn't about creating a graphic and then publishing that same graphic to every channel. Uh, what, what we work with you and your team on, and I think is certainly a best practice, is there's a different teaser for LinkedIn and a different teaser for Insta and a different teaser for stories and a different teaser for Facebook and different teasers for Twitter. Uh, you know, there, it is very much a specific graphics and promotional package for, for each social network. And I want you to talk a little bit about why that is so important, why it's not just, well, make, and I see this all the time, people who don't put this kind of time and effort into it, they just make a graphic for the show and they put that same graphic everywhere and then they're surprised that the results aren't great. Yeah, so I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people can make is that just assuming that every platform is exactly the same because everybody is on platforms for different reasons. And so you really need to think about it's, it's, I guess it's coming back to what I said about content is a form of communication. So on those platforms, how do people communicate with each other and how can you slot into that form of communication to get your message across and how you communicate with people on uh, Snapchat is not how you communicate with people on LinkedIn. Um, and so you have to be platform specific. And so Twitter is more about conversation starters, getting the conversation going short, sweet, um, and speaking to people in that way, you know, LinkedIn people are a different frame of mind again. So you're going to ask something different, share more longer form content. Uh, you know, uh, every content is different. Instagram is going to be way more on the visual side of things. But again, you know, longer form, shorter form, different content for stories. So it's showing that you respect the platform and showing that you are respectful of why people are there and how you're going to get their attention and how you're going to engage with them. Um, and I also think that it's about then making sure that you're there for the conversation as well, because um, another thing that people do is that they'll cross post, but then they don't follow where they've cross posted to. So just because the functionality is there, um, we'll post in one place and we'll auto post somewhere else. So it's not only is it not relevant for that platform, but then if people engage with them, they don't actually follow the content over there. And then the people are just commenting to it to nobody because nobody is commenting back because they, 
that form of repurposing is I'll just set it, forget it. I created it in one place or put it somewhere else. I don't really use it, but why not just bung it on there and see what happens? But if you're not there to see what happens, then nothing happens. <laughs> um, nothing effective happens anyway. So, um, so yeah, we always look at what works on each platform and again, respond, respond to what people are telling us they like and do more of that and do less of what people are not responding to at all. Amy, I think that's such an important point, uh, and I'm going to use an American term here that you know, social and content repurposing is not Ron Popeil, uh, you know, master of set it and forget it. That uh, you do nice reference, to. Adam. Good one. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I, I do some things uh, well, especially when it revolves around advertising. Uh, my idiot savant really uh, starts to appear. It's so important though to go and make sure you're engaging in all those places that you may be repurposing content or what I call cross pollinating, trying to get uh, that, that content and that conversation really going in different places. But as you said, the conversation can't happen unless you're actually there. One of the things that really impresses me with, with, with Content 10X and one of the things that you talk about in your new book, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results, is the fact that your agency and firm focus almost exclusively on organic and you're having a lot of success doing it. You told us uh, right before the show that you really find that LinkedIn gives you the, the best organic reach. Organic reach mm -hmm. is still happening every day, every minute on LinkedIn. And also you're having great success, not to be surprising on Instagram stories. Love to hear you kind of talk about kind of how organic has changed in the past couple of years and how you've had to change your focus in your agency to really capitalize upon it. Well, yeah, I mean, so LinkedIn, we see the best organic reach on the posts that we create. Um, but uh, with Facebook, I mean, organic is is a, a huge challenge, isn't it, really, on Facebook for um, for businesses. So whilst with my agency, we don't actually run, you know, paid paid content, a lot of the content that we create, if our clients are going to put some marketing spend on that, then we'll bear that in mind and we'll create content that is in line with advertising guidelines and things like that. So um, I think with Facebook, we've seen that it's becoming more and more about uh, paid. With Instagram though, Instagram stories, we still find is working really, really well. And, you know, in an organic way, we're not necessarily seeing that we need to be putting any advertising spend on things going in stories, as long as we're doing things right and uh, using hashtags correctly and things like that. But um, I kind of see it go really up and down on Instagram in particular in terms of people do really well and then all of a sudden there'll be these peaks and troughs where they'll be saying, oh, what's going on this this week or this month? It's gone down and then it's going up again. But I think it's just, again, um, it's about on Instagram, we find that we do quite a bit of research into hashtags and the correct use of, of hashtags. Um, we make sure that we don't use hashtags that millions of people are using that are just going to get lost in about 10 seconds because millions of people are using it but not ones that nobody's using as well so we try and mix it and get the sweet spot of a mixture of kind of 10 uh, more niche or niche ones and then some somewhere in the middle and then some quite high but never over a million um, follows for those hashtags um, but it it's trial and error and then when we find things work they work for a, a certain amount of time and then just stop working as it always is with all of the social platforms but I think a lot of people go around blaming the algorithms a bit too much sometimes and actually 
they just say everything isn't working it's that algorithm but actually um it's just the fact that actually maybe the content isn't that good it isn't platform specific and it isn't engaging and it's not getting conversations going and it's not the algorithm's fault even though organic is hard i don't think everyone should blame everything on the algorithms all the time <laughs> Hashtags. I want. I want to double click on that a little bit, and uh, I love your approach. It's almost like the Goldilocks hashtag. It's not not too hot, not too cold, but just right. Yeah. Not too big, not too small. Talk a little bit tactically how you find those those hashtags, and is there any process? Is there any tool? Do you just go out and kind of look at the Zeiss Guide and look at trending topics and and try to find those those sweet spots? And how do you know other than doing a post-mortem and past performance, how do you know that that's the right hashtag to try to leverage and, and take advantage of? Well, we use, um, so within Instagram, when we use hashtags mainly on Instagram, we do most of our research in the platform itself. So we, and we're looking at the numbers and we're looking at how many people um, are, what the search numbers are on those, the usage numbers are on those hashtags, sorry. So we do most of it in there and then we go down rabbit holes of looking at what other people are using and what seems to be working and then we'll go down more and more rabbit holes of trying to find unique um, hashtags. So uh, we have a formula that we follow around about, as I said, um, specific more niche ones and then ones that are uh, under between about um, well, under a million, so 500,000 to a million, and then a lower, and then a lower ranking, and then and then super specific ones that are being used, though, but it's okay if they've only been used like a th what, 1,000 to 10,000 times. So we apply a bit of an art and a science again to that, but we have used some paid tools in the past. Um, you know, there's various tools that we've used where they will help you when you can put in what you're who you're trying to reach and the hashtags that have worked for you and it will spurt out other hashtags but despite paying for any of these tools we've still found that the best research is just actually natively on the platform itself and seeing what other people are using and then again trial and error to see and then looking at the analytics to see how many people found the post via a hashtag or via the discover and then just responding to what we're seeing natively within the platform. Amy, what do you believe the content repurposing objective is for a show like this or somebody's video program? Is it actually to to drive traffic back to the show notes page, in our case, socialpros.com? Or is it to create broader awareness of the show or the particular episode so that the listener, potential listener, goes and accesses that piece of content in their native podcasting app or goes to YouTube or whatever the circumstances are. And the reason I ask it that, that way is we're all familiar with, with some of the algorithmic tweaks that, that either penalize overtly or indirectly presence of links, right? And, and, and sort of linking out to other content from within the content. Uh, even now, Instagram starting to depress things that actually say link in bio, the kind of classic link in bio uh, technique, all of those kind of things, because ultimately, right, they want you to stay in their platform. They, they don't want you to go to somebody else's platform. That's, that's kind of how, uh, how it rolls. So, so how do you talk to your clients at Content 10X about that. And when they say, well, this repurposing is, is generating X clicks, but isn't it about more than clicks? Yeah, I think it's a few things. So it's about 
it is being about front of mind and stay in front of mind as much as possible in front of your audience. So um, making people aware of that latest video, latest podcast episode, or just um, the, the more the recent longer forms content that you've created. I think firstly, it is just about being present and having that presence and not losing that presence in the busy social media landscape. Um, so keeping up with your audience on Instagram, Facebook, etc., even if they're not uh, necessarily able to click that link or, or, and follow through. They've seen that you've done that episode with, so you, you've done your last week's episode, whether with Pat Flynn on social pros, maybe that moment in time they didn't click, but they've seen it, it's front of mind and they're reminded that you have these great guests and you have the podcast. So I think firstly, it's just being present and it is important to be present and it's important to be present on the different platforms and stay front of mind. I also think from a personal brand perspective, I guess building on the presence but when you are repurposing your content and it's sharing your message the same messages but in different formats and in different ways it's um, asserting your authority on what you talk about and continuing to assert your authority and continuing to be seen and be known as a person who has that message and is talking about that topic constantly <laughs> um, and also um, I, I mean I do think it is we, we usually do work with our trying clients to try and get people back to the website and to consume the longer form content but you are right for example LinkedIn we stay away from putting the link in because we find that that makes a huge difference if we put links in so it's that awareness and and if people people should know where to go and usually we put a link in the first comment otherwise just to say where people should go to try and get around it but I th it, we do see traffic increase but I think it's more also just that being present brand awareness, thought leadership, and reasserting your thought leadership. Because if you aren't, other people are, and people are going to start to you know, forget about you if you're not there and present. So having the presence, I think, is really, really important. One other question on specifics, and, and if you like this topic of conversation, friends, make sure you listen to Amy's podcast, Content 10X, because she goes into great detail on these kind of issues every single week. It's really fascinating if, if you're into uh, sort of social media mechanics and, and specifics. It's really, really great listen. So check that out, Content 10X. And also, of course, the new book, Content 10X, which is available, I think, in just a couple of weeks. And when we record this, you, of course, can uh, pre-order it on, on Amazon or all the places that books can be procured. Cannot wait to get a handle on that. We'll have a link on the show notes as well at socialpros.com. One question, Amy, and and I don't know if you, have, you and I have ever talked about this overtly about this show in particular, but I was just pondering this the other day. If we've got nine different assets right, that are created from each episode, is the best practice in your estimation to publish those assets on all the different social platforms at the same time or on the same day, or to drip them out in a sequence in between episodes. So we record, or I should say we publish social pros episodes every Friday, social pros listeners, if you're not familiar with that, every Friday is a new episode. So is the is the best practice then to on Friday, we talk about the show on, on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, or is it sort of one per day? What do you what do you think about that? 
Well, I think you should do both <laughs> because I think that yeah, you should manage <laughs> well, there, to... you know, Just do it all, baby. <laughs> yeah. that's, why you need, you that's why you need content 10 yeah, I, I think that, you know, you, uh, you should treat your um, your go live day like a, like a mini launch day. I mean, like an, an, a big bang and launch and tell everyone on all your platforms and things like that. But then I still think that that's not enough because not everyone sees on that day. And then I think you start to sprinkle things out. And when you sprinkle in everything then out on the different platforms that's when you stagger it um and you don't do everything then on the same day so everything on the first day and then sprinkle in and scatter it out not just the next week but for if it's evergreen obviously for weeks and, and months and, and years to come <laughs> um so a bit of both i think there you heard it social pros <laughs> listeners all the platforms on the launch day and then sprinkle it out over time until the next episode launches Great advice from Amy Woods, founder of Content 10X, our guest on the show this week. Amy, before we get to the big two questions that we've asked uh, all the guests here on the show, dating back to January of 2012, when this program began, I, I want you to talk a little bit about how this company began, because it's it's quite an unusual origin story. Uh, you You are not one of those folks who... I sort of loved social media and was kind of a Twitter nerd and then decided to sort of make some money at it and start a company. You, you actually come from big enterprise consulting and you spent a whole career as an enterprise consultant before starting this very modern, very entrepreneurial venture. And I'd love you to talk about that a little bit because it's such a fascinating tale. Well, yeah, so I was, yeah, I was a management consultant for 13 years and my, um, I was working in mergers and acquisitions, uh, mainly in the banking and financial industry. And so it's completely different to what I do today. Um, but basically, I, when I was moving on from that, I said basically having a family and not being able to leave the house on a Monday and arrive home on a Friday every week anymore. <laughs> um, that would not, my husband and my uh, kids would not have liked that. So um, looking to start a business basically and do something different and a bit more flexible. And so I started to do uh, basically create something where it was business consultancy in an online capacity and I started following all the uh, you know online people like like yourself and uh, the you know Pat Flynn and um, Gary Vaynerchuk and all these people who in a corporate world I'd never heard of but went down the rabbit hole learning all about this then I um I started to create content and started to repurpose content and my heart wasn't really in what I was doing with the online consultancy. And I guess I just spotted a business opportunity because I was repurposing my content that consisted of having different freelancers helping me with a copywriter and then someone with, with graphics and I assembled a, a team. And I realized that the team I'd assembled and what I was doing was a service. You could sell that service because who wants to manage all these multiple freelancers and review everything that they've done and then all oh, oh, that's a headache. So I just spotted it as a business opportunity, really, like nothing, nothing more than that. And I got really passionate about it and met up with um, I went on a mastermind a small six person mastermind with Chris Ducker and um, I brought the idea to that table that day and told everybody what my business idea was and I got such a great response everyone was a podcaster a blogger vlogger etc that I just then I just went all in so that was just over two years ago um, yeah two and a bit years ago so then I just started the business and then the rest is history basically just one client after the next after the next and now there's a book and started the podcast two years ago as well so um i've just immersed myself and then and learned 
very quickly, I guess. But my background, I guess, is very, pro I'm very process driven type person. So managing people, managing processes and building efficiency into anything is probably everything that comes out in my business is around that managing the team process efficiency. So I do lean an awful lot on everything I learn as a management consultant. I'm just deploying those skills in a completely different and more fun, in my opinion, way. <laughs> well, thankfully, uh, that is the case because Adam and I just like to sit around and talk to interesting people and then let you guys handle, <laughs> handle the rest. <laughs> you do the magic. Yeah, between your team and my team at Convince to Convert, we're uh, delighted to have all the smart people uh, behind uh, Adam and I here on the Social Pros podcast. It makes it uh, a lot better, that's for sure. <laughs> Amy, you're from uh, Texas, obviously, uh, as everybody can tell on the, on the podcast. Uh, so many of our guests are from the U.S., I think partially because so many uh, social media strategists are, are, are here in the U.S. And, and so many of the social networks are, are based here or, or largely operate uh, here in the States. Any differences or, or observations you have working in the U.K. in the work that you do uh, in, in interacting with, uh, with content creators from all around the world? Well, I think the biggest observation, so most of my clients are based in the US. Um, it's, it's probably about 70% people in the US, 30% over the UK. Um, and I definitely think that you guys in the US are a lot more progressive um, and innovative with the content that you create. So I go to quite a lot of podcasting conferences out in the US because they don't honestly even exist in the UK really. No podcasting conferences or anything like Sounds that. Sounds like your next business, the Content 10X uh, <laughs> no, conference. It does, doesn't it? There's the first, the first one that's coming up in November that I'm speaking at. Um, but you're, you're years ahead of us. So that's why most of my client base is over in the US because you guys are years ahead in podcasting but just also I think in in many of the the more modern so you know live streaming was all going on way more with the U US audiences before the UK or the rest of the world I think really so my main observation really is that that you're you're more ahead with everything and we are kind of catching up in the UK um and so uh, and then that's it really the UK the US we don't really we work with a few and like there's someone in the Australia, Canada, but the main, they're the main two countries and um, everyone's trying to keep up with you. That's what, <laughs> what I find. <laughs> kind of to that point, Amy, I'm curious if, I think what you've just explained is kind of the maturity curve that we see on a lot of different things. And, you know, if the U S is you know, a little bit, you know, ahead of the curve as it relates to, uh, to podcasting and, and, and content repurposing, are there any tips or advice that you give to your international customers where you can say, Hey, listen, we can, we can jump a couple of steps ahead because we've already been able to ascertain that this tactic or strategy works or, or this doesn't any, anything that you're doing with your international customers or in, in your case, your local customers, customers and clients to, uh, to kind of take advantage of, of some of these things that, that the industry has learned? Well, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one, really, because we just find that there isn't really any one size fits all for our clients because people's industries and their audiences and everything, it's also everyone's so different really and what's working for one person isn't necessarily working for other people. You know, for example, um, longer form podcasts will work for one client because their type of 
um, the ideal listener has got that time on their hands to listen to the longer form content. And then some people in other industries where, you, you know, 10 minutes is about enough because your, your listeners are never going to listen beyond 10 minutes because that's what we're seeing. So it's not really passing on things. We're, we're seeing what works for some people doesn't work for others. So my biggest advice that I give people is that we need to be nimble and operate in an agile way as we start to work together so that we can see what works and doesn't work and then respond accordingly and then go all in on what works and doesn't work. So whilst we're keeping our eyes out and we're looking at similarities between different clients and different things that have worked and making sure that we deploy what worked we're also just trying to be nimble at first and make sure that we respond quickly if things don't work as well so there's never really been any magic secret sauce though it's 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 all trial and error till you find the sweet spot <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the thing right i mean it's all trial and error and even when you have the sweet spot you it, it certainly becomes trial and error again because yeah, exactly because all the all the rules and the algorithm changes and so yeah the sweet spot is fleeting uh, ladies and yeah. gentlemen that is the, the truth yeah a lot of job and security I, for all of us because of yeah. <laughs> and i think um i think in terms of the you know the algorithm is changing like you said sometimes we see things change for some people before others because with the big uh, social networks they don't deploy all their changes in one go do they so um, certain people will say that they've noticed this change happening and other people say they haven't but it's just because it's a release uh, a phased rollout a release of updates and so people are being impacted earlier and it might be months later before other people are being impacted so we can spot trends sometimes with that where we know if something's happening for someone then they're not unique it's going to start happening to everyone um but again we can spot trends but as jay said what what do they you know there's the whole kind of one dog year is however many human years what's a digital year i mean like it's one month equivalent to about a year i think it probably is isn't it so we spot trends but things change quickly we just have to keep our eyes open and you know i try and make sure that i stay as up to date as possible with everything that's going on you know i try and read well i try and attend events that i can get to um, and just try and stay on top of what what's going on and what i'm hearing and what i'm seeing and then we can make sure that we're doing best by our clients because they don't need to keep on top of things because we do so that's the that's what we aim for Amy, we're going to ask you the two questions that we ask everybody here on the show, as uh, as you know from listening to the episodes and putting together all the teaser graphics and the content repurposing for social pros. If you could give somebody one tip who wants to become a social pro, what would you tell them? Well, we've already actually touched on this. It's what Adam asked me before, but it would be to not consider content repurposing to be an afterthought, but to think about how you are going to make the most from your content when you are planning it in the early stages and have a forward plan beyond the first publish to have more content created. So it's, it's not letting repurposing be your afterthought. Yeah, create the content to be repurposable yes. Uh, yes, as, exactly. as opposed to sort of hoping for the best after the fact is you guys are really good, but there's that whole like silk purse sow's ear sort of uh, uh, adage sometimes that uh, I think comes in that comes into play. Uh, last question, uh, Amy, if if you could do a video call and then repurpose it uh, with, with any living with any living person. Uh, who would it be and why? Adam and I thought that you were going to say the queen because, you know, you're a subject, I guess, is what you guys go with. Uh, and that feels like a thing that would be cool. But um, we also discovered that the queen probably doesn't use Zoom. Probably uh, not. 
probably not at all. Um, but you know, you get corgis in the video, which would be cool, probably. Um, so what, what is your actual answer since I don't think so? <laughs> so, um, so I know you su- you're supposed to come up with a profound answer here that shows- Is that true? I've never said that. I've never said that on the show. I, I think you interpreted that, but I don't think anybody, I don't think I've ever encouraged profoundness. No, I'm only It's like, um, it's like a, sometimes a dinner party question though, isn't it? That everyone tries and thinks of the most intelligent thing to say, but I, um, I don't think it's particularly profound. So I have been, uh, my answer is British man, David Beckham, um, do you know David Beckham? He's, yes, uh, no, not at all. No. Know him? <laughs> We're not. Yes, we know David. What kind of weird question is that? Yes, we know David Beckham. David Beckham well, is internationally um, famous. Yes. My my reason is because I uh, he used to play for my team, Manchester United, and um, I had a crush on him when I was younger, and probably still do actually. And I just really interested in him from the point of view that he has gone on from his, you know, being one of the top footballers in the world to building a huge personal brand for him and actually for him and his family and going on to be a businessman now. So the, all the different business ventures that he's gone into since his, his sporting achievements. So I just think it would be a really good conversation though. I'd prefer if it was not Skype and actually an in-person meeting, in-person. but I'll go with a Skype call. <laughs> So if you could do a shirtless video call <laughs> with any person, the answer is Sir David Beckham. Is he, a, is, was he knighted? Is he Sir David Beckham? I could be making that He up. is, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's, so. He was knighted. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Sir David. You got to do yes. that. I, that's, that's my, that's my prediction. Uh, you know, the, the deal on social pros, as you probably know from listening to the transcripts and stuff is that within six months, everybody on this podcast has a different job. Although, although Nicholas from the USPS uh, from a week or two ago has been at the US Postal Service for like 20 years or something. So uh, he may be the exception, who knows, but everybody changes jobs. So, so uh, I don't think you're going to change jobs because it's your company. But my, my prediction is that eventually uh, knighted that that'll, that'll be it for, for, for Amy Woods. Yes. That would be amazing. Yes. I'll take that. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you again for being on the show. Thanks for all the work you do here at Social Post. Folks, if you're out there creating content, either for your personal brand or for your company. If you've got a corporate podcast, if you have a corporate video series, uh, all the things that, that Amy's talking about, you probably have some inkling of how to do those because you listen to the show, but it's a whole bunch of work to do it well. And Amy's team does it really, really uh, spectacularly and very well organized. So couldn't recommend her and the team highly enough. Make sure you listen to the Content 10X podcast and pick up a copy of the Content 10X book. And I bet you there's going to be a Content 10X conference. We'll keep you posted on that uh, as well down the road. Amy, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. So thank you. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Folks, that's this week's episode of the Social Pros podcast. Delighted to have you with this. As mentioned in the episode, every single transcript, every single episode going back, we're almost at episode 400, Adam. We're like right around the corner. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, but every single one of those are available at socialpros.com and obviously wherever you listen to podcasts. Had a bunch of new reviews come in on the show recently on uh, on uh, Apple and Spotify and Stitcher. Thank so keep, yeah, thank you very much to each and every one of you. We love, love, love to see your reviews and uh, always interested in your feedback as well. Until next week, I'm Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. He is Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And this has been the Social Pros Podcast.